0: Al Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al Azhar Bilmo. Bismillah walhamdulillah was salatu was salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda amma ba'd. We continue tonight my dear brothers and sisters speaking about the virtues of the Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum As this is the part of the book that we are up to Where the great Imam Is speaking about the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu And their virtues Who can remind us Of what it takes To be a companion Of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa What are the shurut the conditions. Ma'ani, he answered last time. Mr. Al Abad. To meet him as a Muslim and, and to die upon Islam. Excellent. That's the definition. Anyone who met Rasulullah as a Muslim and died upon that. This is a Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And it's important that we understand this definition Because the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam They have a special place in Islam They have a position that no other person after them has And this is part of our deen From that position is that the knowledge There's a science in hadith in particular Which is known as al-jarh wa-ta'deel Al-jarh wa-ta'deel is a science It's an amazing science It's the tool that was used to preserve the religion Jarh wa ta'deel means praising and injuring That is a science the ulama used regarding the narrators of hadith How do we know if someone was trustworthy or not From the narrators of hadith It was through this science Known as jarh wa ta'deel Praising and injuring Because when hadith was passed down, it was passed down on chains as we know Muhammad heard from Ahmad, who heard from Abdullah Who heard from Sa'ad Who heard from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu Who heard from the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. That's called the chain in hadith Part of studying the chain is this science Known as Al-Jarh wa-Tadil Praising and injuring What the scholars used to do is whenever someone narrated hadith, they used to look at him and they used to monitor him. And then they will give a verdict about him. They either do ta'deel, which is praise him, that this person is trustworthy, this person has a good memory, this person is a righteous Muslim, so you can take his hadith. Or they do jarh. Jarh is to injure. They will say, this person is a liar. This person is a Dajjal. This person is known to lie about the Prophet ﷺ. This person speaks against the Sahaba. This person is from the Khawarij. This person is a Sufi. And so they injure him. Why? So that we don't take his Hadith. That's how the religion was preserved. That whole science is called Jarh wa Ta'deel. And there's encyclopedias that have been written in Islam regarding the men. It's known as ilm al-rijal, knowledge of the men. Knowledge of the men is studying the men in the hadiths. Are they trustworthy or not? This knowledge of jarh wa it applies to everyone that's in the chain, except the companions. You cannot have the knowledge of jarh wa applied on the Sahaba. Who can tell me why? Why can me as a Muslim Not Look into the life of the companion Of any companion and say Yes he's trustworthy Or he's not trustworthy Why am I not allowed to do that? Why can't I do that? Excellent Because Allah has already praised them In the Quran So the knowledge Of Jarh applies to everyone, even up until today. If you know of a good Muslim and someone asks you about him, what do you think of this Muslim? He's good. That's you praising him. What do you think of this Muslim? He's a deviant Sufi that's injuring him. This knowledge started from the time of the Salaf. That's how they preserved Hadith. That's how we know our religion is preserved. Because the religion was not taken from anyone. Not anyone who spoke about the religion, that they took his knowledge and took his hadith. No. The scholars had to give him approval. That yes, this person is good. Take from him. This person is evil. Stay away from him. This is the knowledge of Jarh wa Ta'deel. And it applies to everyone except the Sahaba. Once you reach the companion in the chain, you stop. Because the Sahaba, Allah said about them, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ عن, He is pleased with them, and they are pleased with him. But the rafida اللَّهُ The Shia, they apply this knowledge even on the Sahaba. They say this companion was trustworthy, and this companion was not. Even though Allah Azza wa has told us clearly that he's pleased with all of them. That's why the ai the Ulama, we've mentioned earlier, they put the topic of the Sahaba in their books of Aqidah. Because the deviant sects oppose Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah in how we treat and honor and respect the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so after talking about Abu Bakr and Umar تعالى, and their virtues, the, the author rahimahullah then says, and then Uthman is the best of them. Uthman, according to the most correct position, the most correct opinion. And we've mentioned previously that he said this because there was a difference of an opinion in the early stages between Uthman and Ali radiyallahu anhu, even amongst Ahlul Sunnah and the Salaf, where some believed Ali radiyallahu anhu was more virtuous than Uthman. But here he's telling you the correct opinion is that Uthman is more virtuous than Ali. And that is the correct opinion. Uthman is greater than Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu wa anhum ajma'een. But they never questioned the khilaf of any of them. Even the ones who believed Ali was more virtuous than Uthman, they still accepted and acknowledged the Khilafah of Uthman. So we're not talking that the Shia that exists today, the ones who hate Abu Bakr and hate Umar and hate Uthman, and they hate all the Sahaba taala anhum. No, this early khilaf was innocent. They believed Ali to be more virtuous than Uthman. But they accepted the Khilafah of all of them the way it was. Understood? But the correct opinion as the Sheikh is showing us here is that Uthman is the greatest. After Abu Bakr and Omar. And he was from the first of the early converts to Islam. Uthman was from the early Muslims. And he was from those... Who was honored by doing hijrah twice. He done the hijrah twice. Because in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was two hijrah. There was the minor and the major. The minor hijrah was to where? Where 80 odd companions done hijrah early on. Where did they go? Abyssinia, Hassan Adam. They done hijrah to Abyssinia. 80 odd number of them. Okay, that was the minor hijrah. And Uthman radiyallahu anhu was part of them. And then the second hijrah was the big one to Al-Madina, where all the Sahaba ended up migrating to. And Uthman radiyallahu anhu was known to be from the most generous of the companions, even though he was very rich, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Allah Azza wa Jal had blessed Uthman with a lot of wealth. And yet Uthman was known to be very very generous in Islam And Uthman was The one who Dug the well of Rumah The famous well Known as the well of Uthman And the Prophet Sallallahu said Whoever excavated this well For him is Jannah Whoever excavates this well For him is Jannah And Uthman anhu, Done it and after he excavated it He left it as a waqf He left it for the Muslims رضي الله تعالى عنه. Uthman was one of the only people That we have come across Or I personally have come across Who set an entire army himself He jahaz an entire army In the path of Allah Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the rewards? The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, He said in a hadith that whoever prepares a horse, look Whoever prepares a horse الله, Then everything from that horse He will find on his scale in the, on the Day of Judgment He said even its urine and its dung He'll find it as an ajr on his scale in the akhirah. One horse Imagine someone who prepared an entire army in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. That was Uthman. He paid for the entire army, all its expenses. Radiallahu ta'ala, Anhu. So, Uthman, no doubt, is from the greatest of the Sahaba. And he was also very special because he was privileged with marrying two of Rasulullah's daughters, Ruqayya and Umm Kulthum. And that's why he was given the nickname Dhul Nurayn, The owner of the two lights The owner of the two lights Dhul Nurayn. Because the two lights refers to the two daughters of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa When one of them died, he married the other one When one of them died, he married the other one Because you cannot marry two sisters at the same time Correct? You can't marry... Two sisters at the same time. But he was married to one, then when she passed away, he married the second. And Uthman Radiallahu Anhu was the one who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sent to negotiate with Quraysh to tell them that the Muslims wanted to enter Mecca peacefully to do umrah, nothing else. For so he was a big representative of Islam and of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Uthman radiyallahu anhu, his virtues are many. He was also the one who compiled the mushaf and that we have today. And the way it is set out. And that's why it is known as the mushaf of Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. The imam then moves on. And then he says the fourth of them was the best of the creation of them. Ali radiallahu anhu The ally of goodness Through goodness he was successful So after Uthman The fourth is Ali Radiallahu ta'ala anhu Wa'an as-sahaba ajma'een And Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu He is the commander of the faithful He was Amir al muminin And he is the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the husband of his daughter He was the son-in-law of the Prophet Sallallahu Married to his daughter Fatima Anha And the Prophet Sallallahu Said to Ali عنه, Are you not happy To be to me Like Harun was to Musa Are you not happy To be to me Like Harun was to Musa Except there is no Prophet after me because Harun, السلام, after Musa passed away, he became the prophet, he continued the message. But the message, after Muhammad وسلم, there's no prophet and messenger. For the Prophet وسلم, gave Ali this great praise. And when did he say this to Ali? Imagine these words. The Prophet Sallam is telling Ali... Aren't you pleased to be to me the way Harun was to Musa? You can tell he said it to Ali radiallahu anhu at a time where Ali was upset. And he was. So the Prophet, to cheer him up, he said those words to him. What was Ali upset about? He was upset because the Prophet, in the battle of Tabuk, before they went out to fight, he told Ali radiallahu anhu, stay back with the elderly and the sick, look after them. Ali became very upset They don't want to Ali was a fierce fighter And he loved to be in battle with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi But the Prophet Sallallahu told him This battle, stay back Stay with the elderly And the women for Ali got sad Then the Prophet Sallallahu told him Aren't you happy to be to me The way Harun was to Musa Because Musa told Harun to stay back When he went to meet Allah Azza wa Jal The companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam No doubt they are the greatest of people And it is their haq upon us That we constantly remember them And mention them And mention their virtues And study their seerah Study their biographies Ya Ikhwah This is what builds men in this ummah Learning who these great men were Learning who the Sahaba of Rasulullah were, learning their sacrifices, their dedication, their istiqama, their steadfastness in the religion. This is how you become steadfast in your deen by learning who these great people were. Yeah? Very sad, very sad today that we find Muslims who know everything about foolish things. Take celebrities or sports for an example You will find Muslims who know things inside out Soccer players, they know everything about every soccer player They know who he is, what nationality he is How old he is, what club he plays for Which club he came from Football, UFC, MMA Whatever it is You find Muslim, Shabab, our youth Wallahi, they're professors, scientists in these fields But then you ask them About these great figures of Islam Allahu Akbar These figures that carried The deen of Allah Azza wa On their shoulders And we will be lucky To get one truthful statement About someone as famous as Abu Bakr anh, Or Umar. They might know one or two things about them If that and the Sahaba, you're talking over 100,000. And it's not that the knowledge is not available. The knowledge is available. The books have been written about these great men in abundance. But wallahi, it's us. It's us who have lost our priority. We prioritize foolish things over that which is important. We are looking up to the wrong things. And if not us, our children, our offspring, the Muslim ummah is in a sleeping state because it has forgotten its roots. It has forgotten its history. It has forgotten how the religion of Islam came to them. That's the honest truth. We assume that the deen of Allah reached us just like that. No. No. It only came to us on the back of people like this, great men, who subhanallah, up until the Day of Judgment, they will be spoken about and mentioned. That's their greatness. But then you think about what people are giving priority to. Wallah, after the person dies, if a year or two pass by, it's lucky. And then forgotten in history. Forgotten in history. So why are we focusing on this and not this? Why are we not instilling this in our children? The love of Abu Bakr, Omar, and and Uthman, and Ali. The youth of the Sahaba. Anhum. Rather I'm looking at my child and I'm telling him be like Khabib. Make sure you turn out like Khabib. With all respect to Khabib. Good brother inshaAllah. In what Allah has given him good in. Yeah? But why? Why are you setting that as your As your What's the word I'm looking for? Standard, Hassan Why are you making that your standard for your child? Why not tell your child, make sure you be like Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman and Ali And Talha, Zubair, Hassan and Hussein. And your daughter, who's her role model? Subhanallah, our kids, they are an amana. Who is their role model? Are we teaching them to be like Aisha, Khadija, and Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anhum? But these companions, they're not just a part of history, they are your example. And if you're not going to take them as an example, you make sure your children take them as an example. Otherwise, wallahi, we lose our family, we lose our kids, we lose our children in a blink of an eye. We live in a filthy world, a world of fitna, a world of corruption, where people slip so easily and lose their deen. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, a man, Will wake up as a believer And sleep as a disbeliever Can you imagine that? And he will sleep as a disbeliever And wake up as a believer Or sleep as a believer And wake up as a disbeliever That's how bad times get And these are times we see We witness it And time does not get better My dear brothers The closer Al Qiyamah comes The worse it gets Always remember that don't sit there waiting for the entire dunya to make a 180 turn. It's not going to happen. Yes, there will be the times where Islam will be victorious and superior and whatever else. But the closer we get to the day of judgment, and Nabi told us, it only gets worse. And the Prophet told us, the day of judgment does not. Come except on the worst of the creation. So don't be shocked when you find times getting worse, the people getting worse. You have to protect yourself and protect your family, protect your offspring. Or they are an amana on your neck, without a doubt. But these are our examples, my dear brothers. And regarding Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu he was also from the ones who fought against the khawarij Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu he fought against the khawarij and he destroyed them he annihilated them and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi predicted this by the will of Allah he said in truth there will be among you one who shall fight over the interpretation of the Qur'an Just as I fought over its revelation Look what the Prophet ﷺ is saying The way I fought over the wahi, the revelation One of you will come and fight over the understanding of the Qur'an Because the Khawarij claim to follow the Qur'an But they have a corrupted understanding of the Qur'an So when the Sahaba heard this Abu Bakr and Omar Look who Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. They both asked the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, is it me? Because they knew how great this is. One of us is going to fight over the protection of Kitab Allah, Allah's book. So they asked, Is it me, Ya Rasulullah? And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, No. But rather, it's the one who is mending the shoes. And Ali radiallahu anhu was sitting down, mending the shoes of the Prophet Allahu Akbar. How great are these men? Ali radiallahu anhu and Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman. And Ali was the first to embrace Islam from the children. He was the first child to embrace Islam and the first man to embrace Islam was Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Anhum ajma'een and he was the husband of Fatima the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and the father of al Hassan and Hussein, who the Prophet ﷺ said about them, that they are the leaders of the youth of Jannah. Think of all the youth in Jannah, Al-Hasan and Hussain are their leader, رضي الله تعالى عنهم. And the virtues of Ali رضي الله عنه are many. It's enough, my dear brothers and sisters, that the Prophet wasallam. Before battle, he said, Tomorrow I will give the flag. To hold the flag in battle is something big. And the Prophet is saying, Tomorrow I will give the flag to a man who loves Allah. Look, the Prophet is vouching, Tomorrow I'm going to give this flag to someone, and this someone. He loves Allah. But more importantly, he said, and Allah loves him. So when the Sahaba heard this, they were all sitting on edge. To the extent, because he said tomorrow, the next day, they all came out early to sit close to the Prophet ﷺ, sticking their heads up. Pick me. Who's he going to give the flag to? What a praise! A man who loves Allah and Allah loves him. They're all there early. And the Prophet Prophet's looking, then he said, Where is Ali ibn Abi Talib? And then they said, Ya Rasulallah, he's sick. He's at home, he's sick. He said, Bring him. So Subhanallah they bring him. And When they bring him, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi gave him the flag. This is the honor of the companions that got to experience and live with the Prophet. So these four, my dear brothers, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, in the aura, that's the aqidah of al Sunnah. They are the greatest people of this ummah after its Prophet. Okay? Then after them, it is the rest of the ten, the ten mubashireen. Bil The ten who were given Glad tidings of paradise Four of them Are those four Then there's another six Insha'Allah those six The Imam will touch Up on them In the next part of the book And we'll take that in our next lesson a'lam Wa ala Muhammad Wa ala this program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, The Voice of Al Sunnah wal Jamaa.